Joining us on the line right now is rugby author and journalist Jamie Wall. Jamie, how are you today? Yeah, good. Thanks, boys. How are you guys? Oh, mate, we're still a bit kind of recovering from watching the game last night. Pretty brutal, pretty intense up at Eden Park, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was, it was a really good game uh, to watch. There's a lot to talk about out of it, but I think what the most important thing was is that it kind of lived up to the hype. Um, the, you know, this is the big match in, the, in New Zealand. Uh, out, of all, out of all the New Zealand teams, you know, these are the two uh, most well-performing sides in recent years, and, and it was interesting last year how the final ended up being these two sides and everyone kind of expected a, a quite a, an exciting high-scoring match, or at least a very intense match, like the one we saw when they played in Christchurch last year that the Blues won. And it turned out to be a, a little bit of a downer uh, that the, the Crusaders just kind of technically dominated right from the, the start to the end. And, you know, they, it wasn't really full of any particularly memorable moments other than sort of walking away, everyone walking away going, well, Scott Robertson's a genius. Um, which is a storyline in itself that's led on to the situation we have now. But last night, you know, both teams just showed up to play. The Blues got off to a great start, and then they, they kind of went try for try after that. So it was it was awesome to see, and, and a d- decent crowd in as well. Yeah, mate, there was certainly a skill. The skill level, I thought, impressed me the most. That it was, it was side to side, it was up and down, and it was... Um, you know, it wasn't that stop-starty. Those um, first two Crusader tries, they must have been like 15 and 20 phases for the try. So it was like it was a good level of rugby. I, I was I was really impressed last night. Yeah, I think you t- you hit the nail on the head there, Steve. The the teams had to adapt to each other a lot within within the game, and I think it, it's a testament to good sides that they that they had to kind of they started off with a couple of. Kind of breakout tries. You know, um, Talia's one just really came out of nowhere. I've never really seen a try like that where he catches it like flat-footed, sixty meters away, and then just does a couple of spin moves and then in and away. I, I, that's one of the best individual tries you'll see this year. Um, but then the fact that the defenses kind of worked each other out, and then yeah, they had to go through a lot of phases to to break each other um, to break each other open. Um, really showed the kind of the, the skill and technical nous of both teams, if that makes any sense. You know, like we saw a couple of tries. I think the Perifetas won by by the Blues was just a, a case of just probing away. It was kind of like watching a boxing match in a way that they were jabbing, jabbing, waiting for an opening to sort of land a, land a big blow each. And uh, unfortunately for the Blues, the Crusaders just, just managed to land a few more punches. I know it's only round four in the comp, but Mark Talia so far, have you, has it been a winger who's produced anything that good in the last 20 years? Ooh, jeepers, you get 20 years. Uh, um, well, I remember Doug Hallett was pretty good yeah. uh, back in the day. And I'll tell you what, I don't know what he's been doing for the last 20 years, but uh, his skincare and health routine, I mean, the guy doesn't look like he's <laughs> well, aged mate, at all. I, I drank about, about 30 Guinnesses with him last night. He's, 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 he's not doing everything right. <laughs> <laughs> Um, like honestly, honestly, when you boys walked out in the field there, I was looking down. and was like, have they just gone back in time to get two thousand and three uh, Doug Gallett? Um, anyway, uh, I think that um, he's he's definitely Mark Talia. This is um, has definitely just picked up where he left off last year, and it's awesome to see because you know you have a lot of wingers uh, or outside backs that have big breakout seasons, and then they kind of button off a little bit. But it looks like Talia just seems to be getting even better. Um, I, the only other guy in the comp I'd, I'd, I'd equate with him is Sean Stevenson, who just 
seems to be getting a couple of tries every game um, and the impact he's having on games. And I think that both of those guys have been up until sort of middle of last year were sort of in and out of teams. Um, they weren't very, they weren't particularly consistent. I think Talia was probably just because he'd been, he was more overshadowed by the players, but Stevenson was just a little bit inconsistent, but they've really ironed out um, the issues in their games and become probably, if you're picking a, an all-black team, they'd probably be the first two guys you pick right now, and they've only got two tests between them. Yeah, I, I, I can't believe, uh, I watched a lot of that rugby, that New Zealand A rugby at the end of last year, and both of those boys were just clear standouts. Like They were a class above any anyone else on the field in all of those games for New Zealand A, and yeah, I, I was surprised... Uh, not surprised Talia got called up to the All Blacks, but definitely surprised that uh, Sean Stevenson didn't last year. I thought he, I thought he would have got a call into the All Blacks at the end of last year. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And um, I, I don't think it'll be too long before we see him in a black jersey uh, before long. I, I just the interesting uh, story is is at, at whose expense, um, who in the All Blacks <laughs> is going to miss out to, to fit him in. Well, I think at this um, stage it's Will Jordan, right? He's he's he he would be the number one choice fullback in the country if he was on the park, but um, we sort of haven't heard or seen too much of him, and not too sure if they even know when he'll be back. So, I think if you're looking for a fifteen, I think um, Stevenson's got to be uh, your first choice at the moment. Mm, mm, I've, this is that, that is true, and and obviously Stevenson can play on the wing as well. I think there was probably a few question marks over Sibby Reese, but I think in the last couple of weeks he's been really good even though they lost up in Latoka he was he was pretty effective in that game and he's shown he showed last night that he's got a few things that other players just simply can't do like his ability to uh, take the ball from the 15 meter channel back in field and create something um, up the middle is, is pretty unmatched I think so yeah he, that's something that, that the, the all black the, that is part, really a big part of the all black game plan and why he's been a big part of the all blacks for the last few years yeah he limped off nastily last night I looked a calf or maybe an Achilles um he was in a, quite a bit of pain I I think he will be spending... yeah we checked oh no we did we did have a word with um, the Crusaders after the game it didn't seem like it was particularly serious um he I like I said, I'm not I'm not a doctor, but uh, I d- they didn't seem particularly concerned um, as opposed to some of the other guys who seemed to be quite banged up because there were a few casualties from last night. Yeah, so, she, she was intense yeah. one, all right. There was uh, there was some heat. There was some heat out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some big big defence, and like I said, it was probably because of the amount of probe, probing across the field that the the teams had to do. You know, like you had to. Once the teams got into the 22, you know, it really became quite a physical battle. And to be honest, I think the Blues can probably be a little bit disappointed with the way that that one went, considering just how much territory and possession they had in the second half. Um, they had, they certainly had enough. And I, I think it was, they had a couple of tries ruled out. I think that the Hoskins 2 to 1 was kind of marginal. I think I could totally see a world where another TMO would have maybe given well, that. Last weekend it happened, someone scored short of the line with their arm and then rolls it forward with their arm over the try line and that was given. Exactly. And exactly. I, that, so if you're going to set a precedent with that Josh Morby one that you're referencing with the Hurricanes yeah. um, last week, then you can't rule ones like that out because no. that, like I said, that was very, very marginal. Yeah. That would have made for a very interesting kick from the corner with one minute to go. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, no, well, that would have been, that would have given the game the actual... The, the finish that it kind of deserved because yeah. it was it was a great game but it, it just fell short of being an absolute classic because it didn't have that big grandstand finish that we um, we would have loved um, 
But, you know, like I said, it was a big crowd. I think a lot of people would have walked away pretty happy um, with what they saw. The entertainment factor was great. And, um, you know, it's, it's Super Rugby Pacific's got off to a really good start uh, this, this year in terms of um, it being an entertaining product. And I think that, you know, we're getting a game like this every week now, you know, something that is quite memorable that we're talking about on Monday, which is something the conversation, uh, the competition hasn't really had for a few years now. So um, we're pretty pleased with that. Uh, Jamie, while we've got you on the line, I just wanted to ask you with regards to the the All Blacks coaching race. So I think it was at the end of February, they said that a decision would be made in the next four to six weeks. And I think on Tuesday will be three weeks in. I, I know New Zealand rugby are keeping quite hush-hush, but is there any inside word in terms of what is happening with that? Uh, not, nothing, nothing concrete. I, I think that it'll be sooner rather than later uh, because... Every every week that one of these uh, that one of someone gets a chance to sort of talk about it, it just advances the story further out of New Zealand rugby's reach. Um, I think that the next announcement that they're going to make will simply be an announcement of another announcement, which is we will select a coach on this date, um, and the whole thing is getting strung out as far as possible. And that's the annoying thing is that just the whole thing seems. Um, just really non-committal and they're only really doing this because their hand feels forced and it's like just grow a set and just do it you know like you you had your chance last year uh when the all Blacks got off to that awful start to the year and you've then you said no we totally back foster and now you've come out and said now we're going to go for a new coach which means you don't actually even believe what you you said yourselves last year it just the whole thing just needs to be cleared up um, they've kind of painted themselves into a corner on the whole thing. Um, I mean, I would be incredibly surprised if uh, if Scott Robertson didn't, didn't get the job. Um, and then that's then we can start actually talking about the future because he's going to come in with a pretty big broom and, and change a few things and that whole all black setup. And we're already starting to see um, some of the management see the writing on the wall for them um, as well. We saw Gilbert Anoka, who's been with the All Blacks for about 20 years now. Um, <clears throat> say that he's he's not going to be part of the team um, from next year on. So I'd expect to see a few more guys like that uh, drop out of the All Black management role or at least signal their intention to finish um, after the World Cup uh, because, you know, that whole setup in itself is, is probably as big a conversation as the coaching role. Um, you know, this is, I mean, this is the same set, set of people that were, that were running this team back when Steve was playing, you know, and that's a, you know, not against Steve, but that's a while ago, you know, and to, to have that... It certainly felt like it this morning. Same, <laughs> <laughs> to have that same group um, in charge of one... What, a, a, an organize, a, a business unit that's supposed to be a very dynamic and fast-moving and successful unit, is, it needs to be looked at, in my opinion. Yeah, I feel, I agree. Something has to happen sooner rather than later because as it stands right now, we're losing tier two players uh, offshore like uh, Nankerville. I, I, I just can't even believe that they've let him go with what is already leaving and may could still well be leaving that. We, we're losing, you know, the big guns are signed to go offshore, the Moingas and the Barretts. Yeah, we know we're losing them, but we're starting to lose these two tier two players that are, you know, just right on the fringe and, you lose a handful of them because we don't have a coach who's worried about next year because um, there's no one there at the moment. 
uh, who's worrying about next year. And then all of a sudden, next year arrives and we've got, doesn't matter who the coach is, if, you, if you're picking your third and fourth string um, second fives and centres and stuff, it's, it's going to be a tough year. So I, I 100% agree. They just need to make a decision and, and let whoever the coach is going to be start planning for next year. Oh, he's, he's not going to have any players left. Yeah, yeah, that's dead right. I think that the reten- player retention at the moment is a really, really key issue, and it's something that's I think going to become more more of an issue as the as we roll towards the World Cup because guys are going to, you know, get on the phone with their agents and say, well, what's going to happen um, next year, and they're going to have to reinstitute an entire new World Cup cycle, as in, like, okay, what players are we going to keep? What players are we going to develop? What players are going to be on the fringes that we want to just dangle a carrot in front of to be like well if you know if you tick these boxes then you're going to be part of the um, 2027 World Cup campaign um, that all has to start now yeah. and every day that they wait it's you're going to just get guys going no I might just pack up and go to Japan or France yeah yeah that's already happening and we're getting close to not being having anyone left yeah, yeah, you're, you're totally right. And Nankerville's just the, the perfect example of that. And, and you know, it, it's it's been going on for a while. Like, you, they, the Chiefs had Lachlan Boshier a couple of years ago, another guy who was talked about as being a you know, potential all-black, but he just didn't fit into what the all-blacks were trying to do. And so there, he felt like there was nothing left here for him. And there kind of needs to be. I think that the the formation of the, the all-blacks 15 side, the New Zealand A team, um, is probably a decent incentive because it's another way of these players to pick up an extra paycheck at the end of the year and get some touring experience and, you know, be able to play in some cool places. I, I, I feel like that's the whole reason that team was even, um, as well as commercial opportunities as well, that, that's the reason that team was, was formed. Um, and so to actually have that team operate in a proper non-COVID-affected year um, will be interesting to see what effect that has on 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 just keeping players in touch because you got to remember and you know a guy we were talking about before Sean Stevenson you know that that was a guy who the big story around him last year was whether he was going to go play league yeah. um, and then they'd clearly used that uh, that carrot in front of him to be like well you can go on this end of your tour um, and that played a role in his decision to stay with New Zealand rugby so you know there, there are things in place to try and do something about that situation. Um, but it's going to take a bit more than that, I think. Jamie Wall, thank you so much for your time today. Really appreciate it, and uh, all the best. Cheers, boys. Have a good day.